0: Welcome to another episode of the Mad Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Begley, Goni, and Wayne.
1: What is up, Mad Mob? Week three review. I I come to you all a humble man. A humble, defeated man. The first doink, the first mid-season doink. Laid upon my forehead, ever so roughly, uh, by Christopher Jordan Begley. If you listen to the last episode, we had a joint bet. Eleven point five was the line. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was the player. I took the under. He came out firing on all cylinders, three for thirty nine and a touchdown in the first five minutes of the game and then proceeded to do absolutely nothing else the entire game, but it, the damage was done. So somber, downtrodden. Uh-huh, yep, yeah, all it, it, the above. This was, Let me have it, this was the.
0: <laughs> this was the easiest doink I think I've ever made in my life. It was a snap call for me. I went to bed feeling like a champion, and I woke up feeling like a champion.
2: Man... I believe that puts us all at one and one on the season as of right now.
0: Well, technically, my I think my one loss should have an asterisk uh, because it was related to cancer.
1: It it's still a
2: one in the loss column. Eat you know, it, I,
1: enjoy it. I'm okay as far as losses go; they hurt. If if you lose by point zero one, or if you lose by a hundred, it, it all looks the same in the ledger. Um but at least I, I feel like I didn't stare the mad mob, steer the mad mob like down a terrible road. You know what I mean? Like I I said eleven point five and under, he scored twelve point nine. Begley, you can't be thrilled about a player who, who gets U twelve in the first five minutes of a game and then proceeds to go three and a half quarters without logging a single point.
0: Well, Sometimes you gotta play the quarter matchups, and the first quarter just looked like a great matchup to me. Um, oh God! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, look, I don't feel great about it, but as you said, a win is a win is a win, unless it's related to cancer.
1: A uh, hundred, a hundred percent. I'm I'm not debating that at all. I'm 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 taking my i I'm taking it like a man. It's a it's a loss on the on the ledger. I just want your opinion from just a strictly fantasy owner.
0: I think Brandon Ayuk with Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a, and kind of a top end wide receiver three, back end wide receiver two potential all year. Uh, you know, I like Ayuk, man. I really do. I, I, I don't think he's a bad flex player as long as Garoppolo's under center. Can I
1: can I get my can I get a chance to fire back at Ayuk? Uh, I'll say he he finishes wr twenty five or worse.
0: Or worse. Uh no, because that's right in the range that I project him to have. I mean I,
1: 28 twenty eight twenty-eight a, or worse.
0: No, thank you. I'll take my win and I'll take I'll take my trophy and my belt. He
1: uh mad mob he's taking his ball and he's going home is what he's doing. Man. What if he
2: made it thirty two or worse? Would that work for you?
0: 32 or worse
2: back in wide receiver three i don't know why i'm lobbying for doinks for wayne here
0: yeah uh, you know wayne i gotta be honest uh i i don't hate it. It, it it's a coin flip right and i don't know how i feel about a personal policy of making doink coin flips um
1: okay so not so not a top not a back-end wide receiver two high-end wide receiver three all right that's right
0: i think i think that's his ceiling i think that's his ceiling it, the coin flip is on his floor right that's
1: uh, i guess so And let me let me back up for a second mad mob it was a bad week for me bad week for me i had uh, as far as predictions go I wasn't too terrible now I and I'll, I'll come across one of these guys um, uh, it is our it is our trash bags scabs and grabs and Wayne's winners episode so under my winners I, I'll cover the other guy that I was wrong about um, but I, it's with an asterisk I feel I feel confident I told people to go and get Greg Dortch this last episode he had a good game um Not a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot, last week there was players that went nuts. This week, not so much. Very, very average scoring this week. I mean, nobody really went nuts, and I'll reiterate, I'm never covering quarterbacks for this. I get it, Lamar Jackson did great. Uh, As far as positional players, nobody really went off this week. I mean, we we definitely had some good games, but we didn't have them 40 bangers like we had last week. So I'll just start with, and uh, and I'm going to actually kind of dabble in another little mini segment within Wayne's winners, where I'm going to try and find people that weren't started very often, and we kind of we kind of single those guys out. So uh, my winner this week, first one, pretty obvious, Mark Andrews, uh, eight receptions on 13 targets for 89 yards and two tutties. Ah, uh, F- Lamar Jackson went nuts. And here's what I look at in this situation. Uh, He got 28.9 fantasy points. He led all tight ends, obviously. Um, He over-tripled the targets of the second-place person on that team and quadrupled the receptions of the second-place receiver on the Ravens. I mean, he's getting the absolute lion's share of targets and receptions, and it's not even close who's coming in second. So as long as that Ravens offense keeps clicking, uh, Mark Andrews is just to the moon. Uh, pretty pretty simple. I don't uh, either of you want to elaborate on that.
2: Nah, Mark Andrews or die, really, as far as the Ravens are concerned. Yep,
1: I agree.
0: Yeah, he looks awesome.
1: Uh my second one, and I love to see it. Uh, I love to see it. We uh he would, this was a guy that um uh, we were questioning big time going into the into the year and after week one we were very down on him. It's it's Devonta Smith. Thirty point nine this past week, eight receptions on twelve targets for 169 yards and a tutty. Jalen Hurts is showing that he's going to pass the ball enough to have two good fantasy receivers. Week two, Devonta Smith had a very respectable week. Uh, Week three, he goes off. And A.J. Brown still had a good week. Jalen Hurts passed the ball 35 times, 35 pass attempts. It was the most uh, of the season so far. And he's averaging over 30 pass attempts this year uh, in general which is something that we did not see and if we did see it we probably weren't going to be too happy about it because Jalen Hurts is not the most accurate guy but he's balling out through the air and on the ground this year start up your Devonta Smith I, th- I don't think this is the last we'll see of him I think uh, the way Jalen Hurts is playing, he, Devonta Smith is going to soar in the rankings QB3 Jalen Hurts is the QB3 on the season right now I'm gonna take a wild guess. Lamar Jackson's probably beating him just because he keeps dropping crazy ones. Is Tua's is Tua's big forty point game booing him up that far?
2: No, Josh Tua's Allen. number five. It is Josh Allen, and Josh Allen
1: only has him by three points. uh but we had Jalen Hurts, I believe, as the consensus number four quarterback this year. Oh
2: yeah, we had him. We had him pretty high, pretty high. We expected good things
1: yeah for sure um this this next guy uh begley's begley's dude hollywood brown finally showed out to the tune of 28 fantasy points 14 receptions on 17 targets for 140 yards i this is an insane number 17 targets 14 receptions uh kyler murray passed the ball 58 times this game I Hollywood absolutely just PPR you to death. I'm not a fan of the stalling offense because the fact that he got 14 receptions. Listen, if if you're telling me before this week starts that Hollywood's going to have 14 receptions, I'm expecting like a 40 point week. He PPR people to death if he can if Hollywood can start finding pay dirt. I mean, he could be an absolute stud. 14 receptions translating to 28 fantasy points. Uh he's he's my winner this week. I mean, he he killed it. I'm just not a huge fan of that. I mean, 14 receptions for only 28 points.
2: The Cardinals just aren't good though. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's a Hollywood problem. It's just the offense is not no, good.
1: No. No, yeah, and I said that the offense just stalls out way too often.
0: Yeah, but you know, that's I, you guys know I'm, I was high on Hollywood to start the season. This is what I expected. I expected just because there was no D Hop, right? It's just the pure volume play. Hey, I, it's like they finally decided we got to get our good players the ball.
1: And and my negative, you know, output or outlook, excuse me, for Hollywood can just as easily be swapped to a positive. I, I'm saying 14 receptions for 28 points um is is pretty low but at the same time if he starts getting a little bit more yardage on those or finding paydirt on those uh it can very easily reverse to the positive side of things. I'm just not a big fan of that offense. Maybe D Hop comes in here and opens up the run game a little bit more and that offense starts clicking again, but uh only time will tell three more weeks of of no D Hop. My fourth guy. Yeah. My fourth guy. And this is the guy that I was referring to. Uh, very secretly, in in the beginning uh, of this segment, a a league winner this week, Khalil Herbert, thirty point nine fantasy points, twenty rushes for one hundred and fifty seven yards and two tutties. So whenever I see stuff like that, that's that seems very efficient. So I try and look at you know what happened. He did have a run for fifty two yards, a rush for fifty two yards. You take that away, still extremely efficient. And when, whenever you can take away a player's outlier as far as their big play and they are still extremely efficient, that just speaks to just the bare talent that they have. And, and, and Khalil Herbert is extremely talented. He, he needs this David Montgomery injury to be fantasy relevant. But Demos hurt. So you got to fire him up. He was started in nine percent of fantasy leagues this week, and that's not that's not a bad thing um, on fantasy owners because he's not he's he's extremely average. If David Montgomery's starting, so you know I, I'm not blaming everybody that benched Khalil Herbert. But if Demos out, Khalil Herbert, all you all that picked up that handcuff have a nice little uh, a nice little piece to either trade or, or buoy or. Your point outputs coming going forward until uh, David Montgomery is able to come back. I, I I was on record last episode saying I'd take in a Gadewell over Khalil Herbert, and to defend myself, if David Montgomery's healthy, I I'm still with that. Wild, but he's not healthy, so Khalil Herbert's obviously the man.
2: I think he's got standalone flex value even now to this point, I think he's going to be in, he's, he's been involved and I think he's going to continue to be involved whether Monty's there or not. It's just me. I I think he's there to stay, man. He's a, he's a fixture in the offense. The, the, the coaching staff loves him and doesn't love Monty for some reason. I know Monty's gotten his 20 plus carry games and stuff, but this isn't the first game where he's Gotten carries and found the end zone, had efficiency. He had a nine for 45 and a touchdown a couple weeks ago as well. Of course, you love to see
0: the Monty going down
2: if you're a Herbert owner.
0: If it comes out that Monty's missing time, I I, I think Herbert's the kind of guy you drop all your fab on, personally. He looks that good. He looked good last year,
1: too. Yeah, he's probably not around in any redrafts, but I agree. If he is, then, then, Yeah. He's a league winner because he he immediately picks up that David Montgomery volume, uh, except to himself. And we saw what David Montgomery could do in week two, um, when he did very well with Khalil Herbert still taking some of those carries. So if you just take that entire role and give it to Herbert, uh, just volume play alone, he he'll be amazing. But that's it for my winners. But I'm I'm again I have kind of a sub sub segment where we where we single out the guys that. Had a low start percentage that a lot of guys could have benefited off starting them, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go right back to Begley because I remember Begley saying this man's uh, this man's name specifically. Begley Begley had a good his his review this past week was pretty solid, pretty solid, Mad We like to give Begley a hard time, but but if he does good, I mean, we got to give credit where credit's due. Otherwise, when we dog him, it just doesn't look it doesn't look as good. It's not a good look on me and Goni. So my first guy that we're going to talk about, and and we've already talked about him uh, this episode, is Zay Jones. He had 24.4 points this week, 10 for 11 for 85 yards and a tutty, 10 receptions on 11 targets. That's that's solid, dependable. Uh, He was started in 10% of leagues. 10% of leagues he was started in. So he had a 24.4 game on your bench when Begley warned you all to put him in the starting lineup this week.
0: I try to tell you, man. I was I was on him last week. This Jacksonville offense looks really good, gentlemen. I mean, we might be. They might be uh, looking to have three relevant fantasy pieces. Maybe four if you count Evan Ingram coming out of that offense right now.
2: Trevor Lawrence is looking like a number one overall pick. Finally, he's getting better. He well, he doesn't have he doesn't have toxic Urban Meyer. He's got a real coaching staff around him in the NFL. And you know he's 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 growing. He's in his
1: second year as well. He's great to see. He is. Uh, he does the worst pregame speeches. I don't know if you saw the <laughs> video of his pregame speech where like they're all walking to the tunnel, and Trevor Lawrence is leading them, and Trevor Lawrence turns around for his pregame speech to the squad and says, "All right, guys, let's go out there and play with some swagger." So it's exactly like that, yes. and, and oh, I remember no. like the top the top comment on that was, "This man couldn't motivate me to make a sandwich." <laughs> Like <laughs> I was like, this man had me ready to run through an open doorway. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> but whatever, I mean, you're you're doing stuff like that when you when you have three three guy three fantasy wide receivers that could have slotted into a starting spot this week, and then you're doing something right. Uh, my next guy, Isaiah McKenzie, twenty one point two fantasy points, only started in eleven percent of leagues. Seven for 76 in a tutty. Uh, Devin Singletary was the leading receiver um, for the Bills uh, this past week. Stephon Diggs was third. Uh, Gabe Davis fourth. And Isaiah McKenzie just shot up in the ranks there. 11% start. I'm not, this is a week by week basis. I'm not saying you need to start Isaiah McKenzie. This is not one of those things. Zay Jones, I am going to keep an eye on Zay Jones, keep an eye on his matchup. He might be flex plays. Isaiah McKenzie I don't trust yet, but 11% started, 21.2. Uh, real just – that's that's a tough one. I, I don't I'm not hating on everybody that had him on the bench here. And my last guy, Romeo Dobbs, 20.3. 8 for 8 for 73 in a tutty uh, against the Buccaneers. Uh, 20.3 fantasy points. He was started in 12% of leagues. Listen, Aaron Rodgers loves – Dependable receivers. And this man has come out of nowhere and become extremely dependable. Eight for eight, caught every single ball that Aaron Rodgers threw his way. And if you all don't think Aaron Rodgers doesn't notice that, you're wrong. Uh, I look for him to just continue to be uh, utilized heavily in that offense because if there's one thing I've learned about watching Aaron Rodgers for the past 15, 20 years, it's that he hates it when he throws somebody the ball and they don't do their job and he's got a lot of people on his offense not doing their job. <laughs> so I I just have a feeling that he's going to hone in on a guy that's doing his job very well in Romeo Dobbs.
0: I agree. He he has slashed a lot of tires at the practice facility this year.
2: I'd like to see it a little bit more from him. This is his first game getting big carry or I'm sorry, big targets but he showed out and you're right Aaron Rodgers will take notice so I'm very interested to see what he does in his next game
1: yeah and that's all I got i now goni did i step on your toes with any of these guys i you know what i was going to mention but i didn't want to
2: cut you off that it might might bleed into a couple of these goni's grabs for the week
1: here well it remains to be seen did i got i'll be more i'll be more careful did did i step on your toes this episode Oh no, no, you're good, bro. Okay, then maybe this is something we'll just talk about pre-show. Make sure I'm not stepping on your toes. Ah, no, nah, you're all right. Do your thing. We'll talk about, uh, you know, you, you got yours, I got mine. We'll meet in the middle and uh, I'm get glad. these people so, what they so need. The Mad Mob gets just to hear more names in their ears. The more names you hear, uh, the better off you are in the in the waiver wire game.
0: So that, that sounds like a natural segue to me. Going, you you want to go ahead with with, with the grabs?
2: Oh no, fire away, man. Fire away. Wow. Who's in the trash bags this week?
0: The trash bags, gentlemen. It, 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 we got a couple guys on, on the curb. They're they're all tied up.
1: It's a bad week. I wanna
0: start out with I wanna start out with Joe Lombardi. The offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. This man gave Austin Eckler four carries. Four carries in the game against the Jaguars. It gave Sonny Michelle five. What are you doing, Joe? Get your best player the ball. Eckler made up for it uh, with eight receptions on, on eight targets. But in the game where Keenan Allen is out, can we get Eckler involved? He hasn't been involved all season. I mean, guys, what's going on?
2: I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, you know, he came over from the Saints two year Well, I'm sorry, last year. And we saw Eckler absolutely show out. He was he was riding with, you know, all kinds of touchdowns, all kinds of receptions. And I'm down with Eckler not getting a ton of carries. But I expect to see a steady, steady target share. And at the same time, you can't be running anyone over Austin Eckler. Sony Michelle is garbage. He is straight trash. I just don't understand. Why is this man getting goal line carries? I don't care how much bigger he might be than Eckler. He's not Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler got it done last year, and he will continue to get it done. Just give the man opportunities.
0: I mean, no touchdowns on the year so far for Austin Eckler. Uh, you know, he's right now he's, a, I think, PPR 13, standard 30. This was a guy that people, especially in the redraft leagues, took to be uh, in RB5, RB4. A lot of disappointed people out there, Wayne. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I think there's – I still think there's time for him. I mean, uh, we as fans of the game have eyes, and we can see what needs to be done, so we can only hope that uh, the gentlemen that get paid to really analyze the game and and create game scripts – can see the same thing we're seeing, and uh, yeah, I mean X got to get the ball. Got to get the ball. It, it's um, it's a it's a simple game plan. Give your best players the ball. They give you the chance. They give you the best possibility to win. Yeah, absolutely. Simple.
2: Simple coaching, right there.
1: We're not overcomplicating Pretty things simple. here. Austin Eckler, your best running back by far. Give him the ball.
0: Give him the ball. Speaking of, get him the ball. Uh, This is probably the only time I'm going to get to use this guy's name on this segment, so I'm going to jump at the chance to do it. Jay Jetta, four fantasy points, gentlemen. Three catches, 14 yards on only six targets in a matchup that had owners salivating on themselves. I don't own Jetta in any leagues, but if I did, my shirt collar would have been soaked with drool against the Detroit Lions, one of the worst secondaries in the league. Oh. I'm just honestly surprised at how uninvolved he was in the offense. I mean, Dalvin Cook got back on track a little bit. They they ran the ball about 20% more than they have all year. But still, six targets, uh, for the league's best receiver. A little, little disappointing, Minnesota.
1: I, I'm I'm hoping that they don't start using him. I, I'm not worried about Jay Jetta first off. He's going to be fine. Uh, I, I just feel like there's those games every now and then. Where the best player is is used as a decoy more often than just used, uh, and and I think this is one of those games, you know, where hopefully it shows the coaching staff that your best player needs to be used uh, f- to do their job, catch balls, not as a decoy. It's it's okay to use them as a decoy to to keep to heat check the DBs, but it shouldn't be. Uh, it should be in the game script to use Jay Jetta as a decoy most of the game, in my opinion. And I just feel like he, he just kind of fell into that decoy role for an entire game. It's,
2: I mean, kind of to piggyback off of what Wayne said to a degree, It it just wasn't the game plan this week. That's all. I mean, the game plan was to run the ball which they did, they won the game. So you, the game plan worked, honestly, that they're, they don't care about fantasy. Plus the wide receiver position across the entire league is it's an inconsistent position. I mean, even the best of the best are going to have dud games like this. You, you see it from everyone from time to time. What makes the elite wide receivers elite is just keeping the dud games to a minimum. So the Detroit Lions, they've, the Vikings have smacked them up plenty of times throughout the years. I'm sure Dalvin Cook has a million yards against them. And, it, I mean, it, it just wasn't in the cards for it this week. I expect him to get a fair target share next week and, and heading forward. And no need to worry about him. He's good.
0: Totally agree. Yeah, I, you know when you get when I get a chance to use Jetta in a trash bag segment, I, I, I got to take the opportunity to do it. Um, speaking of trash bags, now this is a, a weekly uh, trash bags segment. Now, I, you know I, I think the Bears need their own trash segment. How bad is this offense? I mean, absolute Outside of Khalil Herbert, he's the only bright spot on this entire offense. You're dropping Darnell Mooney officially. Yep, in redraft leagues, you're drop you're dropping Cole Komet. Yep, in a super in a superflex league, you're seriously considering benching Justin Fields if you can. He looks like he's going to be out of the league in two years. Mia Saint Brown is probably again outside of Khalil Herbert their best skill player. But is somebody getting fired in Chicago?
1: Uh, I mean, Justin Fields needs to ice his arm after this week. He threw the ball an astounding 17 times this week. <laughs> um, uh, poor guy i'm surprised I'm surprised we didn't have some special teams guys getting reps um, at receiver and pulling up fantasy value I, I I agree with you man. Justin Fields has not completed double digit passes through three weeks it, it, there's no fantasy relevance uh, in the air in, in Chicago. Justin Fields, I feel like he's not doing quite enough on the ground to really be a guy that you want to hang your hat on. I, I, I'm i just – exactly what you said. The only shining light on this team are the running backs, and with David Montgomery's injury, that's Khalil Herbert. Uh, any Anybody else that needs Justin Fields to pass them the ball, I, I'm good on. Uh, should, there's just no value. He's not – He's not passing the ball enough, and even then he's not completing the passes that he's uh, attempting. So it, unless he's putting the ball right in your gut, if you're wearing a Chicago uniform, I don't want you. Are Bears fans
2: screaming for Matt Nagy to come back Ugh, after what we've you've seen Ugh. from I don't think anybody's screaming really for Matt Nagy to come back. Well, i the the back half of the season for Justin Fields he actually was looking decent. They were they're moving the ball. But like you said, this this offense is terrible. I don't know if they're just hoping to run the ball a hundred times a game and play good defense to win, but their offense is bad.
0: It's it's really bad. It's really, 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 really bad. And they're two and one.
2: Oh, so that that means that they're not going to change a thing. Is what that means to me?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're a like, if you're a Bears fan, what a weird spot to be in, right? Like you know your team isn't good, but you're two and one.
1: You you've been you know? miserable watching every game, but the outcome has been pretty solid thus far.
0: Yeah, what Dude. a weird. I, just I, for Justin Fields, two touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. He has the second worst pro football focus grade of any quarterback in the lead. Only above Dak Prescott, which goes to show how bad Dak was playing before he got hurt. Guys like Case Keenum on two snaps, Malik Willis, Cooper Rush, Daniel Jones, Jordan Love, Teddy B, Trace McSorley. All guys, even on very limited sample sizes. Higher grades than Justin Fields.
2: That's a big time stat right there. Over he's, Wow, Dak Prescott is below him.
0: Yes, and yes. That, trust me, as a Cowboys fan, I, I believe it. That may have been the worst two and a half quarters of football I, I've ever seen out of Dak. It Dak
2: Prescott, even on the bench. Welcome to the trash bags.
0: Welcome to the trash bags. Um, the next, uh, the next trash bags um, kind of segment I've got here is the volatile receiver, right? Mike Williams bailed out by a single touchdown catch. Got eight, eight fantasy points. Tyree Kill five fantasy points, right? These are guys that you know is going to have up and downs all all fantasy season long. That's what they are. That's who they are. But with Keenan Allen out and the way the Dolphins offense is humming right now, I was kind of expecting a little more consistent production this week out of these two. They are who we thought they were, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, ain't that the truth. Mike Williams absolutely got bailed out. I was expecting – a 1,000 targets for him this week. I was expecting a whole lot more out of the offense in general. I think Justin Herbert deserves a spot in the trash bags as well. It was just very, very disappointing to see out of that offense. And the Chargers lost me my elimination pool. Never again will I bet against the Jaguars, because for the last three years, they have put me in the trash bags. Jaguars
0: the Jaguars have certainly ruined, uh, ruined a lot of bets. No, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, that is it for the trash bags segment, Gone. I'm going to slide it on over for, for the grabs.
2: All right. Some of the grabs this week. Feel free to chime in, boys, with your thoughts on, on these. Wayne touched on this first one. I think he is the most notable pickup of the week. We're going to start off with the running backs Khalil Herbert. Uh, he Currently, he's available in 51% of redraft leagues. As Wayne said, 157 yards, two touchdowns. He was the RB1 on the week. David Montgomery left the game with a leg injury, and he's considered day-to-day as of right now. Uh, so, I mean, as I mentioned before, Herbert is kind of beloved by this coaching staff. It's they He's been talked up, you know, all offseason and coming in early in the season. And I think whether or not Monty returns, he's going to have standalone value. And we've seen it last year where he got the lion's share when Monty was out, and he he did great. He did great. So this man is the lone back. He is the man to have. He can be an absolute league winner if Monty misses time. Next up, I have Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions. He's available in 40% of leagues right now. Man had 20 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, and then two for 20 through the air. Swift has a shoulder sprain that came out today, and he could miss some time. And Dan Campbell said that he might benefit from having two weeks off. So that's Jamal Williams possibly being the lead dog for two straight weeks. Regardless of that.
1: What's that? Is Jamal Williams the most infuriating player? Yeah, especially if you're a Swift owner. For D-Swift owners? I mean, just watching D-Swift just work that ball all the way down the field for Jamal Williams to vulture goal line carries. And this is me agreeing with you. Mad Mob, if we see it and we see it again and again and again, then it's just how it is and we can start banking on it. And Jamal Williams getting the goal line carries, (laughs) take it to the bank. Not even
2: that. What I found was kind of crazy. Is it's been the third straight week where he's had eleven or more carries. He has been the goal line back, as you mentioned, and it's his second multi touchdown game. He's another guy that even when Swift comes back, I think he's got to have standalone flex value, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. At this just point, for the he, goal line work, he finds pay dirt every game. Yeah, I totally agree.
2: Man. Moving into the next one, the last running back that I have this week. It's probably another obvious one for you if you've been watching football this week. Alexander Madison. He's available in 45% of redraft leagues. He only had seven carries and 28 yards for a tutty this week, but Dalvin Cook dislocated his shoulder. It's the same one that he dislocated last year and the year before. (laughs) Uh, Will he play? I don't know. He had 11 days last year to rest up and get the device, as they called it, strapped onto his arm where he absolutely took off and destroyed. So he's got a possibility of playing, but he may be out this week. Vikings play the Saints. The Saints have allowed 200 yard rushers so far this season, being CMC and Corderell Patterson. So I think Alexander Madison could be a good pickup and if Cook can't go he's I think he's a good play this week. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, he's one of my best handcuffs. He's one of those guys. He's he's a Tony Pollard. He's a Khalil Herbert. Uh one of those guys that's just got standalone talent as a backup and or an injury away from being into the a back end RB1, high end RB2. Uh, Alexander Madison is definitely one of them in my opinion.
0: I, I think you'll see him get traded out of Minnesota uh, to a contender maybe later this year.
1: That is very possible. That's
2: a, that's a bold statement, and I would love to see that, actually.
0: Might have to wait for some
2: injuries to come around, but I could see it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think they explored it right in the offseason.
2: Moving into the wide receivers, got Mac Hollins. Little-known little, little known name. He wasn't played very much. He's available in 98% of leagues in redraft on Yahoo, 81% of dynasty leagues on Sleeper. The man went off for 8, 158, and 1 this past week. He's gotten 18 targets over the last two weeks. I understand Renfro was out. He was in the concussion protocol last week. He could be again this week. Either way, if you need receiving help, The Raiders are top 10 in pass attempts, yards, and touchdowns. He could be a Mm -hmm. solid pickup for you if you're looking for a wide receiver. Zay Jones, another one, as Beggs has mentioned, Wayne as well. He's available in 89% of redraft leagues, 31% of dynasties, 10, 85, and 1 this past week. But I looked into his targets just to see if it could have been a flash in the pan. His targets over the first three games, 9, 4, and 11. It's Not bad. Not bad at all for a guy who's as underutilized on the waiver wire as some other people. He looks to have emerged as the number two wide receiver over Marvin Jones, and Trevor Lawrence has looked really, really good. Looking into the next guy, Chris Olave. This one might seem like everyone's got him. Check your waiver wire. He's available in 35% of leagues right now. The man went off for nine catches, 147 yards, no touchdowns. He's had 13 targets in each of his last two games and 227 yards to show for it. He leads the uh, the Saints in snaps, target share, routes run. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry both left the game with a toe and ankle injury, respectively, and they might both be out next week. So he could be in for a monster target share against the Vikings in London. Vikings have been suspect this year. I, and I got to give it to Wayne as well. I kind of downed on Jameis Winston, and the man's kind of – he's throwing up yardage, so that only means good things for wide receivers.
0: Yeah, yeah welcome to the Jameis experience. It,
2: you know, it, yep, it's, yep.
1: it's kind of the same thing that we've been saying since 2016. You know, if Jameis just cleans up the interceptions, he'll be a stud. But, you know, here we are. I have – have, if Jameis cleans up the interceptions, he'll be a stud this year. He's like always got said, the yardage. He's, he's, he's always got the yardage. He's the always got don't the yardage. Help, though. Huh? The LASIKs haven't helped with the interceptions, though, unfortunately, I guess. No, and I just, as a Buccaneers fan that watched them for years, I just had, like, this feeling deep in my bones that it wasn't going to help.
2: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, I not like your opinion on the next one here. got Russell Gage down. He's available in 58% of leagues. He went off for 12, 87, and 1. 12 catches. Career high for him. He benefited from Evans, Godwin, and Julio all being out. Godwin's still dealing with a hamstring and hasn't practiced since week one. Julio's expected to be back this week, but nobody knows how long that's going to be for. They have a favorable matchup against the Chiefs. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the f- And one of the things that I love about Russell Gage from a fantasy perspective is he, he had a few ugly drops in the game, and Tom Brady still went to him. So Tom understands that he doesn't have top-tier talent at receiver whenever uh, half his receiving core is out, and Russell Gage is the best option at that point in time. So uh, a drop or two – doesn't deter him from continuing to go at him i i agree if if all those guys are hurt mike evans mike evans obviously isn't injured he got suspended for defending his quarterback but yeah i mean he he slots into a nice little number two role i i'm not even sure julio's old man he's good and they can throw him in there for a big play but it even the games, Julio's healthy. He's he's running a few routes, and he needs a he needs a breather. So I agree. Ooh. I think Russell Gage, as long as Godwin is out, has a pretty solid flex value.
0: Who who has the better fantasy finish, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady?
1: Ooh, gross. I mean, I, and I know this isn't fair to say because Aaron Rodgers has a poopy receiving core, but it's not due to injury. That's just the roster. If Tom Brady can get his roster back, Tom Brady for sure. But man, they both, they both are throwing to some, not the greatest of guys.
2: Yeah. The offense, I mean, the Buccaneers have been just riddled with injuries to start the season, not even just the, with the wide receivers, offensive linemen, right off the jump. So, uh, I mean, if, all are healthy. Yeah, I'd, I'd take Tom Brady as well. We're only three games in. Okay. Got one more. Wayne called him out last week. We're going to double down on it this week. Greg Dortch, still available. In 83% of redraft leagues. 9 for 80. No touchdowns last week. For the his first three weeks of the season, 13.3, 15.5, and 17 points is what he's given you. He's gotten 23 targets over that span. And his volume should keep him fantasy relevant until Rondell Moore and D-Hop return. They're saying that Rondell Moore may or may not return in week four and that he should definitely be back by week five. So even if you can get him for one one more week, this one coming up, it's not bad. He's getting all kinds of volume.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you Chris Godwin owners and anybody that's got a receiver banged up for a week or two, Greg Dortch can slot in nicely in the meantime. Yep.
0: Are, are you worried about Rondell Moore coming back with him, or do you think he has long, long-term play?
1: No, I think Rondell Moore kind of shifts him back. I, I would keep him on my roster just to see what happens. But it, it's oh. kind of like if Greg Dortch and Kyler Murray are clicking – uh, Rondell Moore is not going to come in and ruin that. I feel like there's not much of a uh, a relationship between Rondell Moore and, and Kyler Murray on the field to demand that he gets his target share back whenever he's healthy again. So I definitely keep Greg Dortch on my roster for a little bit. I probably don't start him uh, unless unless say, say Rondell Moore is coming back this week and he's going to be on a snap count. But I, I, I just don't think. I think it's very possible that Greg Dorch keeps his fantasy value when Rondell Moore comes back. But I don't think he will. And you you bring D Hop back, and he's he's off my roster personally. Yeah, uh,
2: I would play if Rondell Moore came back this week. I would still probably feel confident flexing Dorch just because. Like Wayne said, he could be back on a snap count. He's got to get reacclimated to the offense, as bad as it is. And uh, yeah, he's just he's gotten the volume. I'd expect the volume to come down a little bit, but you've got a couple more weeks because Rondale Moore is coming. He's going to be healthy, and then D Hop is ready in Week Six, or I'm sorry, Week Seven. I believe he's out until Week Six, or up until Week Six, whatever. Um, last one, one tight end this week. Tyler Conklin, the New York Jets, available in 79% of redraft leagues, 28% of dynasty leagues. He went eight for 84, no touchdowns. He's seen 24 targets through the first three weeks with all the passing volume that Joe Flacco has just been putting out there, just chucking it. Tyler Conklin is absolutely benefiting. So I think even with Zach Wilson returning next week and a potential change of where the targets go, I think that he can still provide a solid security blanket for Wilson. They also paid him some good money in the offseason to be here. I think he's a big part of the offense, and uh, you could definitely do worse. He's a a top tight end right now, surprisingly.
1: Uh, How do you feel about uh, all the fantasy guys on the Jets, uh your Elijah Moore's Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall's been playing pretty decent. Um Conklin. How do you feel about all of them when Zach Wilson comes back? Not good.
2: That's, I'm nervous to be honest with you. That's that's I, the
1: kind of that's the kind of black and white answer I wanted.
2: Yeah, I I'd be looking to sell. I'm I'm not even gonna lie. I'd probably hang on to a Garrett Wilson and an Elijah Moore, but I'd probably be looking to sell, you know. For whatever I can get, honestly, if the value is right obviously i, I would trade more and Wilson for the right value, but I'm looking to jump ship personally
0: i i'm on i'm gonna go zach wilson there i I'm gonna lean that that it stays the same or improves if I thirty seven I know the checkdowns are going to go down, but I think you're going to get a little more downfield shots uh, I think elijah Moore opens up a little bit on the back half uh
1: I just don't like Zach Wilson. Uh, downfield shots from Zach Wilson don't scare me.
0: I can understand that. I mean, I I, I get it. But I mean, is Flacco's? Is he really an elite guy? You know, I mean,
1: he's not he's an elite played that guy, way. but he's playing at an elite level currently.
0: Well, but just just because of the volume, right? I mean, he's stolen the he's on the ball yeah. more than any other quarterback in the league. I, yeah. Yeah. I I think is that a philosophy or is that. A, them catering to Joe Flacco's skill set, I say it's a philosophy.
2: It could be, but it's only a philosophy for as long as it keeps you in games. And if that philosophy doesn't work with Zach Wilson and it's not keeping him in games, they're going to have to change said philosophy.
0: I I agree, which is why you know I'm with you. I I understand why you would fade the Zach Wilson and Jets in the back half of the year. Uh, I just. I think Zach Wilson's going to be okay with an improved offensive line.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean I agree to disagree on that one. In the, in the meantime, I think sure. we'll just we'll just appreciate all of all of our all the guys in green coming out and being useful in fantasy leagues.
0: Totally totally agree, man.
1: Something that we haven't seen in a long time. But that yeah. is our week through review not a good week not a good week for me not a good week for me mad mob i'm gonna be coming back hot and heavy i'm gonna hit the books i'm gonna hit the analytics i'm gonna study these matchups and, and i'm i'm coming at y'all's neck thursday thursday at 7 a.m I'm, I'm coming at your neck but all right mad mob stay tuned thursday uh we are going over the one o'clock games uh I don't, Goni yelled at me saying that everybody hates the CTFL, uh, but I stand firm. I, I stand firm that uh, he just feels like that because he's been playing terrible. So uh, Thursday morning we'll be going over uh, the one o'clock games and the CTFL very quickly, extremely fast. I mean it's going to be a flyby just to keep Goni from from driving to my house and putting me in a headlock. <laughs>
0: Mad Mob, if you like the CTFL, drop us drop us a message in the comments and let us shame Goni. It's
2: Please. it's not anything against the CTFL. It's the the Ben Stein esque droning on of this guy three point seven, this guy two point one, this guy zero point four, this guy eight
1: point six So it was me. Nah. it was me. It's not CTFL, it's me. Yeah, I guess so. Wow.
2: Wow! Way to make you look like the bad
1: guy. Kick a man while he's down, huh? Uh, hit man. mad mob. I'm I'm the bad guy. I'm, I'm the mean one. Wow! Weird. Wow! We're, we'll tell
2: the story. We'll tell the karma story on Thursday.
1: Tell it now, man. Karma for MVP. Out. That is that is not your line. Out. Dented foreheads for MVP.